0: Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to ariselife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Listen, listen, listen. You know why we come together? The biggest reason is because it confronts the lies we believe. I can can believe every lie that's possible under the sun at 3 a.m. Anybody with me? Anybody thought thoughts in the middle of the night and woke up and was like, (laughs) whew, thank goodness people weren't listening, right? Because it's amazing when you have no feedback from other people, from, you know, this is my normal. Anybody heard a testimony and you were like, I had no idea that was in the gospel. I had no idea that was available. That was just my normal life. And suddenly God changes everything. So one of the things that we have been doing in this uh, last little bit, we've begun a series we're calling Rooted and Grounded, and we're leading, uh, it's, we're talking about the fundamentals, the basics of this life in Christ, and part of it is we're leading is in two weeks' time we're going to be doing baptisms, and so we're going to be talking about that amongst other things, but what it is is it's a declaration that in Christ I have died to living on my own by my own ability by my own means, I have died, and my life is hidden with Christ, and He has given me new life, and in Him I live and move and have my being. He has—I am no longer separated. I am living fully united with Christ and with each other, and uh, that's so. We're going to be doing that on April second. If you're interested in that, let us know. Um, but in the process. We're walking through, and last week we talked about how the book begins. The book of the the Bible begins with Adam and Eve. Well, so we did the first two chapters of the book. We're going to do the rest of the book today, the entire Bible. (laughs) Lock the doors. No. So I have a question. Let's just be really, really honest. You don't have to raise it high, but on a scale of one to ten, with being one, not at all, to five, that is absolutely true. How difficult and confusing is the Bible? I need to see some hands. One is, one is I got it all down. Five is I'm still, I'm totally confused. Come on, some people have gone into double digits. Awesome. Okay, good, good. Okay, awesome. I love honesty. I hope you saw some people with numbers like yours or higher. Come on. Um, this is, uh, th- why is the Bible confusing? Okay. Sometimes it's the way it's worded. Okay, all right, well, let's go for wording. What else? Uh, life is tricky. What else? Culture, okay. Context, Context. Order. one sec, order, one sec, what was that? Out of order. Out of order. Translations, different translations. What else? Uh, A bunch of authors, many authors. Ooh, contradicts itself. Come on. Contradictory. Come on. What else? Oh, it it doesn't agree with what I believe. Uh, Yeah, opposing worldview. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, opposing worldview perspectives. Come on. Anything else? <laughs> yeah, that, that that's the, the annoying thing. Paul, I think, in a, can actually write an entire epistle with one sentence. <laughs> You're like, my my teacher gave me run on sentence uh, marks for about ten words. What else? Uh, Leia, let's just put leviticus and numbers all by themselves yeah yeah we'll throw in deuteronomy for the fun of it all right what else um, the god of the old testament oh oh god of the old testament seems a lot different god ot versus new testament awesome what else cultures cultures Yes. Scary. 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 Yeah. You know, you don't know if you're, it's like, it's like some sort of thing, like you're calling it out upon yourself. You're like, just look away. What else? Uh, Symbolism. Symbolism and clarification. What else? kill versus love come on what else we're going to answer all these have some faith what else mysterious Ooh. wheels within wheels oh women not women are the problem just to be clarify that if you're like i knew there was a problem with book there you go. Yeah, like uh, women in authority positions and what else? Cultural differences? Only God is good. Only God the Father is good. Okay. God good, everybody else is is trash. Okay. All right. Okay. That's what he said. I'm just quoting him. God good, everybody else. All right. I saw some... The Trinity, Trinity, just to make it simple. simple. What's that? Interpretation. Interpretation? Hmm. Which, by the way, everybody else's is wrong. Now, oh, oh, yeah, the book, uh, missing books, missing books. Levels, levels. they got be Like everybody's like. My goodness, I was doing good before we saw this list. Yes. Right. right. The parts that are not there. Right. Because we we have like uh, you know he was born and then he's twelve and then he's thirty and you're like hey wait whoa 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 I need some backstory. Right. Right. You said once that the Bible, like God existed long before the Bible. Yes. perfect Uh, she was asking uh, sorry um, just agree Um, no (laughs) she was right no uh, that if God existed long before the Bible then why is the Bible important it's good questions weird name weird (laughs) name bahufaha you know yeah if you're looking for children's names don't there's a lot of books to avoid Let, how about we just make it even bigger? All the supernatural. Okay. Okay, is that okay? Can I broaden it? Thank you. Super. Natural. All right. Unanswered questions. questions. Unanswered. Unanswered. Up new question. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. All right. Book, of <laughs> Book of Revelation in total. Okay, perfect, perfect, perfect. I'm going to need a new board here in a minute. I have a question. Why are we reading the Bible then? Yeah, come on. No, no, this is a great question. These these are good questions. By the way, why do we ask questions? So we get answers. Because if you don't ask questions, you don't get answers. But who here was taught not to ask questions? Yeah, this ain't that place. All right. Okay, no, seriously, it's so important. Honestly, one of the things that... Why so many people have rejected the church is because they ask questions and they got their knuckles wrapped. Right. Mm-hmm. God is a big boy. He can handle it. All right. Give me a couple more just for fun. Timeline. Timeline. Time what do you mean by that? Uh, Timeline. Yeah, come on. Timeline. Judgment. judgment. <laughs> <laughs> but judge not. But don't. But do. Ah! Okay. Uh, uh 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 what's not clear? Okay, I saw a hand in the back there. Did I? Yes. The major characters the Oh. <laughs> Where are the heroes? <laughs> You're like, "What?" Okay. All right. Well, I uh, probably should take a picture of that um so for the next 43 weeks um where are we here here i got it i I, I let no this is good stuff i don't want to let this go all right here we go all right there we go all right so here's here's um i'll get there all right so let me let me put something in context Who here likes to watch like YouTube shorts or like Facebook reels, and and then you stumble across where people are pulling out segments of movies that you haven't seen? Anybody seen that? And you're like, oh, that's really cool. But then you suddenly realize you have no context for what's happening, right? And you're like, that's an amazing movie. Anybody here, you watched a movie and thought it was one thing, and by the time you got to the end, you had no idea what you'd watched? Anybody, anybody seen, like, there was a movie a long time ago uh, called Usual Suspects, and the last two minutes just made you go, I have no idea what I watched, or the movie Brazil. There's a couple great movies like that, you just go, like, because what you think the movie is determines how you see it. Okay, this is a horrible story. Don't see this movie, but if you have, you'll understand. A friend of mine, uh, my friends, they are Anglican priests, and uh, very prim and proper. She has been a lifetime subscriber to Victorian Magazine. And one time they came and picked me up. They came to see me, and they said, and it was very cold and silent in the car. And she goes, Peter, did you recommend that we go see the movie Austin Powers (laughs) 2? I said, no, I haven't even seen it. This is when it was in the theater. I said, why? Is it a good movie? Are you sure you didn't recommend we see this? Because we went to see it. Because you had recommended it, so we thought it was a spiritually edifying film. And they kept looking for the edification. They never found it. I immediately went and saw it, but I saw it because side by side was my I saw my friend's face through every single I laughed so hard at that movie. It was a horrible movie, disgusting movie, but so funny. Thinking about her reaction to that movie. She kept looking for one thing and didn't find it. She had a very different experience to everybody else in the movie theater. It's really important. What you look for determines a lot. Okay. So so we need to understand what the overarching story of the Bible is or we will misunderstand what things mean. Okay. We have Jesus. He's as good as it gets. And he's got followers. And they're laying down their lives for him. And then... One of them betrays him, turns his back on him, sells him out. What, what, is, what kind of story is that? B- b- tragedy, right? Horrible tragedy. But then this guy meets up with Jesus again, and Jesus says, I haven't changed anything. Do you love me? It's Peter. Peter. Suddenly, it's not a tragedy anymore, is it? Peter, will you? The very man who denied Jesus when he was going to the cross is now being restored. And not only that, but he's the one who preaches the biggest sermon on the day of Pentecost. So what kind of story do we have now? Redemption. It's really important. If you look, read for a tragedy, you will find a tragedy. If you read for redemption, you'll find redemption. You have to understand what the point of the story is. If you're reading Abraham for tips and tricks on having a good marriage, (laughs) you're gonna miss it. (laughs) I I think we people like people are like, well, it says you can have multiple wives in the Bible. How did that turn out? Let's just use our brain, right? Like if you're reading it for certain things, you're going to miss it. You're going to miss it. If you don't know what the point of the book is, you're going to miss it. So let me ask you this. Why do we go to the Bible? Why do we read the Bible? Just, you, can, you can give me the super spiritual answers, but give me the real ones. To, to hear from God. Okay, hear from God. What else? get hope i'm I'm hearing somebody in the back what was that- Look for understanding. G- what understanding god. Uh, understand god Looking for history, lessons. Oh, I said, history lessons uh I, I assume you don't mean like school history uh like what do you mean by that kind <laughs> of get the why uh-huh what kind of answers, by the way? Okay, answers, answers. Well, let me let me put it to the room. What kind of answers are you looking for when you read the Bible? Truth. Okay. Uh, how to? Okay. How to react? What else? Oh wow, this is good. What is that? Encouragement, what was this? Happiness and what? Permanent. Permanent what? Oh, permanent answers. Okay. (laughs) I was like, permanent markers? (laughs) And uh, would you say happiness? Life application. Oh, yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. I heard something. Life application. Uh huh. standards, and operating procedures. Okay, Assurance. so... Uh-huh? Assurance. Assurance. Okay. Can I, I... I like this whole answers thing. What kind of answers? Uh, Masha had... When she got saved, had a Bible... Can you tell about the Bible that you had? So who grew up, like, with no Bible, like, with no uh, grid at all, like, for Christianity, Jesus? So I grew up in the Soviet Union. I grew up atheist, right? So I, you know, they kept giving us the different Bibles, but it was to me like, um, I don't know. I couldn't get, you know, heads or tails of it. It was just too complicated. So Gideon's Little Bible, um, whose, head, whose first Bible was like a, a little bl- uh, Gideon's Little Bible? <laughs> it was like this New Testament, um, and it had um, the categories. If you are in trouble, look on in the in page so-and-so. <laughs> if you are in this situation, if you are sad, if you are happy, if you need this, if you need healing, and it had uh, references. So that was my first way to... Experience the Bible. Come on. on. And I would submit that the reason we want to know God's standards or we want to understand the culture, want to know God's point of view is probably, not you, but most people, because we want things to turn out well. Right? No? Nobody? No, I just want to do it for Jesus. Nobody has ever come to Jesus to give their life to Jesus for Jesus' sake. Can we agree on that? Like nobody's like, Lord, good news for you today. I'm giving you me. You win, Lord. No, nobody's come to God because they were winning. They came to God because they were losing. And they wanted to figure out how to win. So, but here's the the problem is we tend to read the book in light of my question and in terms of what I'm looking for. Anybody had somebody parse through your words for what they were looking for? You're offended at me. I can tell. Uh, I don't think I am. No, no, you are. And any, Nobody? Blink twice. Some people are already traumatized, right? Like, like, no, is if you will find what you're looking for. If you're looking for offense, you'll find offense. If you're looking for betrayal, you will find betrayal. If whatever you're looking for, but it will skew the whole picture. Does that make sense? So it's really important. Who might know what the whole picture is? God. It's not a secret. It's not, there's no trick question. The answer is always God, unless it's bad, right? So, so, it's, so God. So the problem is, though, we come to Scripture with our desire for answer. Now, here's why that is dangerous, and we'll get to how you get your answers in a minute. Don't worry. Just hold on for a second. Why is it dangerous? Because any under, anybody understand there are different types of answers to questions, and not all of them are true to the same degree. Give you an example. If you're struggling with anxiety, what's something you can do? Call now, for call for prayer. There are many different answers. I was going to go for white bread myself. Carbohydrates are are a good friend when you're struggling with anxiety. Who are my people? You're like just just you know just mainline some carbs and we are good, right? Right? That is true, but it's not true, capital T. Does it deal with right? Why? Because it deals with a symptom, but it doesn't deal with the core. You know, I've always said this. You know, uh, anybody here giving up one drug to take on another? You know. Like you, you, give up smoking and take up carbs. Okay. <laughs> no, raise it your neighbor's hand. Uh, but anyway, no, um, no. But the thing is, is this is a co- this is a constant thing of just because something works doesn't mean it's true. But if it's truly true, then it should work. Does that make sense? Uh, you know that's that's one of the dangers. Uh, anybody had a friend? Uh, okay, fad diets, fad diets, grapefruit diet, whatever. Fad diets. Why are they fads? Because they don't work in the long term. They work in the short term, though. You know, somebody asked me coming in today. I think Rodney said, "How did you lose weight?" I said, "I didn't eat." <laughs> that's a short-term solution. <laughs> And a quick way to meet Jesus, right? You know, like, I quit eating. There I am, Lord. Right? No, that's not it. And and so the thing about it is, is when we look for things that work, we may find the wrong things in the scriptures. One way to deal with conflict is kill people. It really resolves a lot of issues. It's very hard to have arguments with dead people. Right, it works. Not recommended. Need to be clear, you know. Okay, so this is why it's really important to understand the overarching picture of Scripture. Um, I, I'll, I, if you're interested, come see me. I'm more than glad. I'd love to do, uh, uh, you know, either some format, either online or in person, something where literally I can walk you through. How to read the Bible, but if you get this part, you will already be so far ahead of the game. So, the first thing is, we talked about this last week. It's really important to understand how the book begins. And the first two chapters of the book are God. Now, what can we know about God from the first two chapters of the book, for those of you who read? He, he creates. So, He is a creator, He's not a destroyer, He's a creator. What? He's spirit. What else? Powerful. powerful. I would say all-powerful, right? Mm-hmm. He's, a, uh, all, uh, he's a friend. Uh, just, uh, not, not to push, but where do we get that? He walks with them in the cool of the day. So he is both all-powerful creator and yet friend. Okay, what else? Yeah, he has a plan. What else? Very kind. kind. Yeah, the definition of kindness is to, uh, to use your power to limit yourself to make room for another person and to care for their needs. Mm-hmm. That's, that's amazing. So uh, one of the most amazing words in Hebrew is the word for love that can only really describe God, which is hesed. It's just exactly that. They call it the loving kindness of God. It's a beautiful word. Okay, what anything else about God we found out about him? Made rules. Made rules. Rest, standards. rules, standards, life. what's that, life, life? What, what about life, come on, like oh. community. community, so he says, you know, it is not good, right, for man to be alone, right, their community, and, but then he chooses to live in that community. Oh, Exodus? Mm-hmm. That, that's a little later in the book. You're getting getting ahead of me. He created everything and said good. He good. Everything. Yeah, he creates good stuff. Oh, promises. Ooh, yeah. He likes animals. He likes animals. And not just next to the mashed potatoes. <laughs> All right, so this is a lot of information about God. This is the photo. This is the standard by which we need to look at the rest of the book. So imagine this. Imagine you see me run out to someone and just deck them, knock their teeth out. Okay, let's just say you don't know me. What do you think about me? Mean? Mean? Violent, huh? Temper, Temper? Bad. aggressive, bad, right? Okay, let me change the story just a little bit. I don't know who's calling me, but I um take a message. It's Jesus. Okay, never mind. Um, but so here's the th- here's the question. Now let me change the story a little bit. Actually, he's got a hold of the guy. I punched has a hold of my daughter. How do you see me now? Hero. Hero. rest. This is so important. If you do not know the character of the person acting, you will look at their actions and you will make judgments in narrow case studies. Wow. Yeah. Very true. I would submit to you this. God is love. If you're looking at something and don't see love, don't duct tape over it. Well, Peter loves people by punching out their teeth. No! Don't do that. That's what the church has done. Well, it's in there, so it must be good. Multiple wives, probably not a good idea. Like, going around and killing people, not a good idea. Just because you don't yet see how it is love, don't duct tape over it. If you don't understand, just put an asterisk and wait. But he is love. This is who God is. This is who God is. And the rest of the book is about this God doing what? Because he gives humanity a choice. Carol asked me a great question after last service. Why did God put two trees in the middle of the garden? Why did he put the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, a bad choice, and say, don't eat it? Is he a jerk? He loves us. So how could he love us and give us a bad choice? Well, some of you guys are ahead of me, free will. Listen, if I put you, it's Stockholm syndrome if you love me but have no choices. That's abuse. That's, that's holding someone hostage. If I, do you, do you want to be with me? Well, I can't exactly leave. So God gives them an exit. From his presence, His presence where there is fullness of joy and at his right hand's pleasures forevermore, the name of Eden is pleasure. Put them in the middle of with millions of good choices in just one exit. And they said, "We'll take the exit. Even so, what does God do when He sees that they've gone for the exit? Hey guys. You, you may not have noticed this. You may have accidentally pulled the emergency exit sign. No, no, nope, no. Nope. We're scared of you. You're our enemy. You're the one who's keeping us from good things. And so maybe you saw the story. This is the story I was told. God was so mad he kicked him out of the garden. Blah, ticked off. Mad. Never want to see you again. But what do we see in the very next chapter? Hey, Cain, what you doing? Right after Cain has killed his brother, God is right there pursuing, following them everywhere. Is there anywhere they can go from his presence? No, he's everywhere, but they get to choose whether they have a relationship with him. God is a good, loving father who is pursuing his kids, but will not dominate and control them and force them to have a good life. And so then we see in, the, uh, in Exodus 20, so we see this thing where God has called out the Israelites out of slavery. The Israelites called out to God because they wanted to worship him. They wanted to be a holy nation. No, they did it because they wanted to get out of slavery. Anybody come to God simply because you didn't like the life you were enjoying? Right? In that moment, he goes, and he goes, ah, I don't want it. And, and Moses says, not a problem. Let's get you out of Egypt. Yay. Right? They come out. Right? And they're in the desert, and God provides for their needs. And then God says, okay, here's the deal. <coughs> Shows up, right? On the top of the mountain, thunder and lightning. He's like, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm God. And, they, and he says, okay, invite the people up. He only gave them 10 rules. Right? The 10 commandments. That's all he gave them, 10 commandments. And he said, said, come on, come on up. We're going to do this. We're going to do life together. And what did they say to Moses? No way, Jose. Well, no way, Mose. (laughs) They said, no way. He's going to kill us. Remember what Adam and Eve were scared of? No, we want the good stuff. So just give us a list of rules that allow us to have the good stuff as if we had a relationship with God, but not actually have a relationship with God. And then, can we pull up that that little zigzaggy line? There you go. This is what the Bible looks like. It's like Genesis. Genesis, you know, Exodus 20. Down into Judges where everybody does what is right in their own eyes. Oh, that turns out real well. And then, oh, up to David. And then down into Manasseh and all the, the kings. And then up to Jehoshaphat and Hezekiah. And then down into the exile. And then up towards Jesus. Because all of this, do you guys know, is Jesus. This, the first garden brings us to a second garden. The Garden of Gethsemane. Where Jesus says, weeping, sweating blood, going, God, if there's any other way than dying to be able to restore. Because what have they been doing for thousands of years trying to get humanity back? Does humanity want back? Can humanity get back? No. Here's why. I'll get that in a second. He says, if there be any other way, let it, I'll do it. But if there isn't, I will die. I will suffer. I will allow myself to be destroyed, even though even my own disciples don't seem to even want it. Whew. Why is this? Why did Jesus have to die? The entire Bible can be summed up in the verse that more people know than any other. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world. That he made the world, created the world, pursued the people, and he loved the world that he did what? Gave. Gave without just not not holding back anything. He said, he, he who did not even withhold his own son, right? He gives us everything, everything, all. And in fact, the miracle of this, the mystery of this, is that the Trinity, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is one. And yet, God gives himself. Gave his only beloved son that, whoever what? Believes. I said this before, that word belief is trust. It's relationship. You cannot have relationship without trust. Does that make sense to you? Like, how can we have a relationship? We only have a relationship to the degree to which you trust me and I trust you. Does that make sense? Like, that's literally the width of the pipe between us. Have you ever had someone where there was a big wide pipe and then all of a sudden the pipe got really small and you couldn't figure out what had happened because nothing changed on your side? Why? Because trust shrunk on their side. Right? In that moment, trust. He said, whoever would trust would say, I don't believe you're my enemy. I believe you are for me. I believe that you want a relationship with me. You want to live in me and through me. You want us to never be apart. I believe that, Lord. Whosoever believes in him would would not perish. You remember all those questions we were trying to answer? You know what I would put them under? Perish. How do I not perish? How do my finances not perish? How do my relationships not perish? How does my job not perish? How do I not perish? But, But have everlasting life Ever flowing, Jesus said, out of you will flow rivers of living water. <clears throat> if I am looking for simply a way to deal with my addiction, to deal with my spouse, to deal with my kids, to deal with my job, I will constantly be looking for short-term solutions. And I will look for tricks. And I may even find them in the scripture. But Jesus has said, all of that leads to me. The point is relationship with me. Have eternal life. And so here he is, he says, but why? why is that necessary? Because you remember that first tree? What was the first tree? That they, the, the exit sign? Knowledge of good and evil. I get to choose. I get to choose. Anybody here decided what was right and wrong for you? And then found out you don't get to decide? Because it was already... If I, I know it says don't put diesel in this car, but I decide what's right. What happens? The car decides for me, doesn't it? Reality has an amazing way of indicating right and wrong, whether I decide it or not. <clears throat> you know what a shock absorber is on a car? You know that big spring? Or a CV boot or whatever. So what happens? Anybody have a shock absorber go out on your car? You discover what a shock absorber does in that moment. What happens when you go through over a rut with a shock absorber gone? To and two things are going to happen. One of two things. They may both happen if you're lucky. One is your car will break. The other, your head will break. Right? As you hit the top of the the dashboard or whatever. Right? You suddenly discover what the shock absorber is doing. What had the shock absorber been doing? Absorbing shock and letting it play out over time so you... Don't lose your teeth and the car doesn't break. Grace is God's shock absorber. Who here has gotten everything you paid for with your bad choices? You know what I'm talking about? You're like rolling the dice, seven come eleven, right? You know what I'm talking about? You're like, let's see how this turns out. I've said this before, I'll say it again, but when Masha and I were dating, I was making a lot of... I was making a very good choice with her and not a lot, and so a bunch of other bad choices. And one was she had the bad, uh, she lived in, in Alpharetta, and I lived in Lexington, Kentucky. 440 miles, but who's counting between us? So if I came down on a weekend, the faster I get here, the more time we have together. And the later I leave, the more time we have together. Anybody see? Do you know how long it takes to get from uh, Lexington, Kentucky on I 75, the 400 miles to 285 interchange with 75? (laughs) Probably (laughs) six hours. Wow. Wow. Anybody able to do math? (laughs) Dumb, dumb, dumb. Backwards spelled mud. Right, I, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, Jesus, I am, my shock absorber of grace is going, (laughs) I mean, I never got a ticket, never had an accident, no, I mean, just how is that even possible? I mean, you can't, statistically possible, I always say this, the greatest sign for the evidence of God's existence is the fact that men live to 18. I mean, we're out there rolling the dice. Come on, baby. Come on. You know, all you got to roll is snake eyes once. That's all you got to do. God, grace absorbs the, the effects of sin. But here's the problem. If there is no consequence for my actions, then I'm not free. I'm a robot. If there's no consequence, if when I choose something, I, it, there's no result to that choice, it's not a real choice. And when, if that happens, do you know what happens to you and me? We no longer exist. We are not people. And we are incapable of love. At best, we are robots. But we are not part of the matrix, boys and girls. We are made in the image of God for intimate relationship with God. And so God said, you know what? That's why it says in Revelation 13, 8, eight it says that the Lamb Jesus was slain on the cross before the foundation of the world. How is that possible? Because God knew that given enough opportunity, we would roll the snake eyes of our own choice to exit the garden. And the only way back would be that all the negative death, the destroying choices that we would make would have to go somewhere into the shock absorber of the cross. And he threw all of that consequence into himself, allowed his body to be broken, allowed his, him to be destroyed. And you know what? It wasn't enough <laughs> to keep him in the grave because he absorbed it all and had love to give. Love more than enough. That's why even the sins you haven't committed, he's like, paid for that, paid for that. Now, you and I can hold on to those. I paid for this, I I should probably get what I paid for. Or we can give all the things we've done to him, both the good and the bad. He paid for those. And your question about why is God good and nobody else? God is good because he is goodness itself. But whose image did he make us? In him. But apart from him, we can't be good any more than a light bulb can be a light bulb if it's disconnected from the source of power. You and I were never meant to live this life in and of ourselves by our own power. We are always meant to live in relationship with God and with one another. But what do we do when we sin? What? We immediately separate. Who, who are my people? Do you know what I'm talking about? Some of you experience this. You walked in separate and you already feel more connected. In the middle of worship... I started to see the ways that I had allowed my, brain, my sinful brain patterns, what if you want to say, to allow me to separate from other people. To think. And suddenly, as I behold him in his glory, I remember who I am in him. I remember that I am in him. Suddenly, his life floods in, and I now get to show up in relationship with you, in relationship with God. That shock absorber of the cross is there so that we, that's why Jesus said, if there's any other way there isn't, then I'll do it. And he saw your face and he saw my face and said, it's worth it. I'll pay any price for them to be able to know my love. But then it doesn't end there. Why? Because we're here. Anybody still see a gap between what Jesus paid for and what you're experiencing? Well, let me tell you this. If that were it, this would be at best an existential tragedy. (laughs) You know, Jesus paid for this and we're living here. That's not it. That's not where it ends because the book ends. Okay, who are my people? Anybody read Agatha Christie or a mystery novel? What is the most important chapter of every mystery novel? The last chapter, why? Why? Funny thing about like Agatha Christie mystery novels, literally, I think you could probably come up with 43 different endings and they'd all be right because up to the last chapter, you have no clue. Everybody did it all together. I have no idea, right? Why? Because the mystery, until the end, you don't know what anything means. So what is the end of the book? Revelation 22, verse ones. Let's pull it up. Because this tells us not, it's what, this shows what the entire story meant. One of the horrible things about eschatology, the study of the end times in the last 50, 60 years, have been to view all of this as bad, horrible, and an aberration, but thank God Jesus rescues us at the end. That is a horrible story. No, God in God has been here all along. He has invaded. He we are his we are. And what is it? Where is it all leading to? It is leading to this thing where in in Revelation, it says the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. In the very last chapter of the book, verse one of chapter 22, then the angel showed me the river of the water of life. Remember what flows out of you and me, according to Jesus. Rivers of living water. Well, I wonder where that comes from. Well, let's go. We're going to go to the headwaters of it. As clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Down the middle of the great street of the city. What city? The city of our God. A city with 12 gates. It said their gates. Each gate is a pearl. I don't know how a pearl can become a gate. But... But it's interesting. He said the gates will never be shut. Down the middle of the street. And on each side of the river stood the tree of... Where did we last see the tree of life? We're back in Eden, baby. Eden. This is Eden. What is Eden? What is a city? It's a place where we come together. I don't have a relationship with God by myself. We together... Together, on each side of the river, so the tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit, that just means all the time, yielding its fruit every month, always available, everything we need. And the leaves of the trees are for, tree are for the healing of the nations. And no longer will there be any. What happened when Adam and Eve stepped out of the garden? Many of us have seen that as a story where God curses them. He simply said, let me tell you what it looks like to live disconnected from me. It's not going to be pretty boys and girls. And he said, but he has paid the price that there would be no curse. Why? Because we are in him. In him, we live and move and have our being. The throne of God and of the lamb will be in the city and his servants will serve him. They will see his. You remember what? What did Moses get to see his goodness? His goodness is his backside. What's his face? See his face and his name will be on their forehead. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun. For the Lord God will give them light and they will reign. They will. What were they supposed to be in the first place? They were supposed to rule and reign for the blessing of the entire earth. Now they will reign. It's the exact same story. He's never changed for a minute. And they will reign forever and ever. This is the entirety of the book. Everything that hits that line is it. Everything else is an aberration that God is constantly calling his people back into intimate relationship with him. That is the point. And like I said, one of the difficulties is what do we often do? We come to God with our problem and our question. And he is so loving and kind. He said, yes, yes, come to me. I will meet that need. A little closer, a little closer, a little closer. Gotcha!
1: I'm going to hug you.
0: I just want the gift. No, I'm good. Don't hug me. He's so loving to us. He will use whatever means. He, because he does love. He does care for the problem. But we think the problem is our finances, our spouse, our issue. The issue is we're living life in and of ourselves when we were never meant to. We were meant to live in him and we live and move and have our being. But this is why. Do you guys remember when Jesus was doing a little PR campaign on earth? He said, guys, I want, to show, I want people to know what kind of kingdom we're working with here. I want people to understand the kind of kingdom that is at hand. What did he tell his disciples to do? He said, go out. And tell people the kingdom of God is at hand, and then do what? Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cast out demons. Cleanse lepers. Anything else? And preach the good news. And the good news is that the kingdom of God is at hand. It's right here. Take it why would, why would God? God heals all our diseases. He releases those who sit in darkness. He does this to show us who he is, not simply as a solution to our problems, but to draw us into an entirely different kingdom where we live and move and have our being. So whatever enslaves us, whether our bodies, our souls, our minds, whatever has got a hold of us, whatever separates, leprosy separates you from community, Whatever it was, he wants to destroy it so that we can live in him together. And when we hold this as the line for understanding scripture, it changes absolutely everything. Because he's not a problem, he's not a problem solving God. He is the solution to all things. If we can have the worship team come up. like that? Friends, I don't know about you, but even as we're talking today, I just saw areas where I need to repent, change my mind, where I have dumbed God down to the level of my offense or my problem or my confusion or what hasn't happened yet. And I realize that I've made him a little genie to solve this problem or that problem. I want the life he paid for, which is intimacy with God and with you. Let's stand. We worship you, Lord. In your name, amen. For more information, go to ariselife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.